Welcome back to another episode of Heaven and Healing Podcast. I'm Angela. So I just wanted to get on here today and I wanted to talk about the Satanism that is just prevalent in our culture and mostly in our in our market, right? Um, you know, we see it not only in the media and in the music, we see it in the marketplace. And I'm going to get into the what that means exactly. I want to start by saying that if somebody sent this video to you, if somebody sent this episode to you and you are not a believer in our Lord Jesus Christ, please just hear me out because you have to know that the person that sent this to you is sending it to you from a place of deep, deep love. And they might not have the words to say. They might might not know what the best way to express that to you is and so they're hoping that through the holy spirit that uses me in these episodes that that message would be conveyed to you in a way where you would receive that seed of faith and that it would land on the fertile soil in your heart and that we may see the fruit of that in time in jesus name so just hear me out right just an hour of your time if that I know you spend that same time scrolling on your phone. We all do, right? So just that being said, if you're new here, welcome. Um, those of you that have been following the podcast for a while, I just want to extend my gratitude and my love to you. Thank you for the support. It just means so much to me. Um, yeah, let's kind of dive right into it. So I'm recording in real time. Today is May 25th, 2023. And if you don't live under a rock, you're quite well aware of all the controversy that's been stirring up over Target right now. And look, this whole episode isn't going to be surrounding Target selling transgender clothes. It's just kind of what that means on a larger scale and why. The, the most important aspect is is the why, because I see a lot of people on both ends just kind of going back and forth over things that... At the end of the day is not the point. And so I want to get to the point of it. And I want to do it in a way where I convey truth. Um, but I want to convey that truth with love. I don't want, I'm, I'm going to try not to be harsh here. I'm going to just be, you know, I'm, I'm going to portray this message the way Jesus would, you know, with a bold, firm bold firm truth, but with love. And I'm just not seeing a lot of love from Christians and of course, from the other side either, um, because, but that's understandable, right? People that aren't believers, seeing them not deploy love shouldn't come as a surprise to any of us because scripture talks about that, that, you know, the carnal mind cannot, cannot comprehend spiritual things. So for us to expect them to behave from anything but the carnal mind is frankly unfair, and so we as Christians have a responsibility to kind of, <laughs> I hate to say it, but uh, be the bigger person, 
And I know that's a lot easier said than done sometimes, but that's what we have to do in moments like this when there is just so much going on and there is so much going on right now. And so I do want to say that it is disgusting that Target is selling, you know, tuck tuck safe bathing suits for men that want to wear women suits and just, you know, tuck their thing away. It's disgusting that there are little baby onesies that say queer, 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 little kid shirts that say queer, queer, queer all over them. You know, I went into Target myself last week just to see it. And it was, it was honestly just so in your face. It was so in your face. And now I, I want to get to why it's disgusting. Okay. And it's bigger than Target because it's everywhere. It's, you know, we all know about the Bud Light thing. We may or may not have seen the recent North Face ad, the drag queen. Maybe you've seen the new Ford commercial. Um, they're literally selling a big gay truck. Like, you know, we've gone from love is love. What two people do behind closed doors is just, you know, none of your business if it's two consenting people to now driving big gay truck, big gay pickup trucks around town. Um, and so you can see there kind of what this live and let live approach has done to our society, this, this thou shalt not judge approach. And that's, that's on the Christian end. And so I think a lot of people are recognizing that now, how our silence has led to this compliance. And now it is so overt that it's almost like we have to let the fangs out. And I want to say this, that yes, we have to be diligent. We have to be honest and we have to be brutal, but we don't have to do it in a way that makes people not like the idea of Jesus, okay? If they don't like you, that's fine. If someone doesn't like you because of Jesus, that's fine. But if someone doesn't like Jesus because of you, that's a completely different story. And I want to repent for that publicly now if there's anything I've ever said or done, because I know I'm not always perfect. If there's anything I've ever said and done or done that has turned someone off from Jesus, then I repent for that. Now, if sharing the truth of the gospel what the gospel says is objective. You know, hell is real. Male and female are it. You were made perfect in the image of God. The end. You know, those things, those biblical non-negotiables. If someone doesn't like me because of, for saying what is, what is true in the eyes of God, then that's fine. I don't care. But the thing is, I don't hate you. And the, the Christians that are even being too harsh, they don't hate you either. They're just frustrated because 
like I said, our silence has led to compliance over the years. So, you know, we went with that, you know, yep, okay, love is love, behind closed doors, two consenting adults, that's fine. To now you walk into your local Target and there are tucking bathing suits literally in the first 10 feet of the store. And now what do you say to a little kid that's with you that like pulls it off the rack is like, mommy, what's this for? Like, what do you say? How do you, how do you explain that? And here's the reason why it's disgusting. Satanism sells because Satan supports your sin. Satan will always want to make you feel good about your sin. He will always want to validate you in your trespasses. He always wants to make you feel good about your depravity. He wants you to think you are perfect as you are so that you never need a savior. It is sinister. And whether or not, like, you know, the people that are selling these bathing suits are aware of that, that's why it sells because that's the, that's the implication behind it. That is the curation behind it. Satan sells because Satan loves you in your depravity because he hates you. And he hates that you were made in the image of God. He hates how much God loves you. And so he does what he did to Eve in the garden. He tempts you with that fruit of you can, you can be like God. You can have whatever you want. You can have whatever you want. He tempts you with that fruit. And I'm not just speaking to, the, to those that identify as gay, transgender, whatever. That's all of us. This just so happens to be the highlight in our culture right now, especially with Pride Month coming up. And you know, pride is a sin, but that's a whole other topic for a whole other day. Pride is a sin, which is why it's celebrated. These companies aren't on your side. They're not on the Christian side. They're not on the LGBTQIA whatever side. They're not on your side just because they're selling this stuff. You know, these companies have to meet and an e, they have to do this for their ESG, right? They actually get reprimanded if they aren't doing this stuff. So they're doing it to save face. It's not because they actually care about you. Which is the back to the why is it disgusting? Well, that's a big part of it. They don't actually care about you. Similarly, Satan doesn't care about you either. The devil doesn't care about you. But it sells. Because it gives you this false, this false belief that you are God. You are your own God. You are perfect as you are. That you can have anything you want. And that's why it sells. 
And so I started thinking about all this in light of the Target stuff and seeing that Ford commercial. Um, and then, of course, it was related that some artist that works with Target. Now, this wasn't being sold in Target, but it it's the affiliation with the artist that sells clothes at Target. Um, I'm not going to say his name because I'm not going to give him the clout that he wants for being this, like, edge lord, you know, whatever. I'm not going to give him the clout that he wants. Um, so he was making, he makes pins all about, and, and just clothing in general about Satanism, about Satan, Satanism being cool, witchcraft being cool, edgy, trendy, whatever, an aesthetic, basically sells Satan as an aesthetic. And the pin that was going viral is the one that says, um, Satan respects pronouns, and so I was just thinking a lot about about those three words, just Satan respects pronouns. And yes, again, you know, something that I'm seeing from the other side is like, haha, these dumb Christians, this guy doesn't even believe in Satan, blah, 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 blah you know, and, and yeah, he doesn't even believe in Satan. But look, Satan doesn't care whether or not you believe in him, because as long as you are not worshiping Jesus... Satan wins. So Satan doesn't care whether you worship him, whether you worship yourself, whether you worship a pronoun, whether you worship a sexual orientation. He doesn't care about any of that. He just cares that you are not in submission to the Lord Jesus Christ. Because he wins in that sense. So he does not care. So all these people that are saying, ha ha, these Christians are so salty. These Christians are just, are taking it too seriously. This dude doesn't even believe in Satan. It's like, no, it doesn't matter. Whether or not you believe in something doesn't make it less true. Whether or not, you know, whatever your subjective reality states does not dismiss what the objective reality actually is. And the objective reality is that the devil is very real. And he revels probably more so in those who think that he's a joke than those who actually worship him. <laughs> because he gets the last laugh at the end. He gets the last laugh at the end. And that just like breaks my heart. But anyway, back to this dude making these pins and these shirts and whatever. I think there was another one that said like witches love trans people or some, something silly like that. Um, so I was thinking about that Satan respects pronouns bit. And just realizing just the severity of the prevalence of Satanism. Now, I want to be clear when I say Satanism, because Satanism is indeed different than devil worship. So Satanism, and this is according to the Church of Satan, they don't actually worship Satan. They are, they are atheists. Satanists are atheists. They believe that Satan is basically the proverbial symbol of freedom, of personal liberation, you know, of um, self-proclamation. And it's just, it's just ironic, right? Because they, they claim to be atheists and that yet they still borrow from the biblical worldview in order to 
promote their own, right? Um, but I digress that point for now. They don't believe in the devil, or so they say. Um, devil worshipers do. So when I'm saying Satanism, I am not speaking on overt devil worship. I'm speaking on overt self-worship because guess what? It's all in the same. Just like I said a couple minutes ago, Satan doesn't care whether you're worshiping him with like blood sacrifices in an occult ritual or you're worshiping yourself. He doesn't care as long as you're not worshiping the Lord Jesus Christ. And so I'm thinking about how these past couple days, how sick it is, you know, that back to that why. Why, why do they sell it like this? Like, why is it everywhere? It's because they hate you. They hate you. They hate you. <laughs> they want their ESG points. They want their, they want to keep their reputable clout. All these companies, you know, Pride Month is in a couple days. We're going to see rainbow flags everywhere. That's not because they actually give a crap about you. And when I say you, obviously I'm speaking to someone who identifies within that community. They don't care. Starbucks doesn't care about you. And now I'm not speaking for the whole. I'm speaking for the corporation. They care about the dollars. They care about keeping their wallets thick. They care about their private jets and luxury living. Mammon. And the Bible says that you can only have one or two masters. And in the context within that space, when it says that, it does, it does speak of money. So these people are worshiping money, which guess what? Is another form of devil worship slash Satanism, whatever you want to call it. Because again, the devil doesn't care whether you're worshiping him face to face or the money in your pocket, just as long as you're not worshiping the Lord Jesus Christ. And so these companies have an agenda for themselves. It's, it's a, it's a self-worship agenda. And it works because their agenda to worship themselves projects onto the carnal mind that wants to worship the self. The same sin nature that caused Eve to take that fruit in the garden to worship herself. An Adam letter, of course, but you know, to, to worship the self, to be like God. And that's why it works. That's why it works. And so I'm trying to just have people see it through that lens that they don't actually care about you. They don't care if you feel affirmed as a man pretending, I'm sorry, as a man saying that you identify as a woman or a woman saying you identify as a man. They don't care if you feel affirmed in that. They care about that ESG. They care about the money in their pocket. They care about their beachfront property. They care about their company staying in the top 10. They don't care about you. It's not... It's not that the acceptance is becoming widespread 
because it's the right thing. It's becoming widespread because it sells, because self-worship has sold, has sold humanity since the garden. I'm just going to keep coming back to that. Because the Bible is literally the answer of everything that has ever happened, is happening, and will ever happen. And it makes me, it just really does, it really does break my heart that so many people just don't understand that, you know, there's this idea that Christians hate, hate people, that Christians hate the LGBTQ community. And I want to repent for the sins of anyone who has ever hurt you because I know that there are a lot of people who live for Jesus with their mouth but then don't live for Jesus with their life and may have really misrepresented God to you, may have really misrepresented the Bible to you or used the Bible for sinister purposes. And that, that is not, that's not right. Any true disciple of Jesus Christ would condemn that behavior. And I repent on their behalf to you for that. It's not right. If anyone ever abused you in the church, it's not right. If anyone ever just screamed in your face, you're going to hell, God hates fags, you know, Westboro Baptist Church comes to mind, and that's always used as the example. But I got to tell you, folks, that is not what Christianity is. Christianity is demonstrating the gospel in how you live. And Jesus would have never stood on a street corner saying God hates fags. Now, I want to be clear. He also wouldn't have taken somebody who claims to be a homosexual and said, it's okay. It's okay to be, to be that way. No, he wouldn't have done that either. What he would have done is been honest. He would have sat with the homosexual like he sat with the prostitutes and the tax collectors. And he would have preached of the kingdom of heaven. And given what the requirement was, to receive that. And so what is that requirement? That requirement is faith and repentance. Repentance is changing your mind and turning away from your sin. Satanism is you have nothing to apologize for. You are unashamed of who you are how you identify, whatever it is you want to be. And the only thing you have to have faith in is yourself. Now, to the, to the tickled ear, what sounds better? To the tickled ear. The insecure, seeking ear. What sounds better? Who you are is enough? Who you are is perfect or 
who you are needs to be repented for because you are stuck in depravity. Obviously, it sounds better. You know, the aforementioned sounds better. You are, you are enough. But listen to me, folks. Just because something sounds good does not mean that it is good. And this is coming from someone who used to be a really hard-pressed liberal who used to share the pride flag every June and say, love is love, get with the times, people, things like that. Coming from someone who, who was in the occult, who used to be a self-proclaimed healer, I get it. But, but God, but God, God knows better. And that is real love. Okay, that is real love. Real love takes you as you are, but does not leave you as you are. Real love takes you as you are, but does not leave you as you are. That's what Jesus does. He meets you in the valley. He meets you in the muck, in the mire. But guess what? He loves you way too much to leave you there. He will not leave you there if you receive him. Satan? Satan will meet you in the muck and mire and camouflage it as diamonds and gold. But guess what? It's still muck and mire, even if it's shiny. Satan will tell you he loves you, he respects you, by saying, you know what? If you think you need that surgery to become a boy when you were born a female, go ahead and get it. Because you know what? More power to you. You know who you are. No one else can define you. That's not love. That is like Stockholm Syndrome. And that's what the devil does. He has his victims fall in love with their abuser. And I'm not speaking to, again, whether or not you believe in the devil is irrelevant to the fact that he is real. And if you are not in Christ, you are in the world. And guess what the Bible says? The Bible says that this world is ruled by the prince of the air, by the father of lies, by the enemy, by Satan himself. So if you are not in the Lord Jesus Christ, unfortunately, you are a child of wrath. Here's the good news. Here's the good news. That doesn't have to be true by the end of this podcast. That can change by the end of this podcast. That can change. You can receive Jesus right now. Revelation says that he stands at the door and he knocks. If you have ever felt, if anyone's ever brought you to church and you have felt that, that heartbeat, that 
acceleration in your chest, you know, maybe when someone's talking about Jesus, that's Jesus knocking at your heart. If you feel it right now, that's Jesus knocking at your heart. If you're having these thoughts of, oh, maybe, that's Jesus knocking at your heart. And guess what? If you're like, this is bogus, this is nonsense, this is stupid, if you're laughing at this, then unfortunately, the Bible has an answer for that too. You're of the carnal mind. You're of the carnal mind. And I pray that the Lord would renew your mind, that the Lord would transform your mind. I pray that he would take your heart of stone and soften it in Jesus' name. And I will pray at the end, but in the meantime, I want to keep talking about this because it's sickening to me how it's everywhere. The Satanism is just everywhere. And it's marketed as self-love. Satanism is marketed as self-love. Because it sells. Self-love sells because it says, you don't need a savior. You are perfect exactly as you are. However you identify is perfect. It's who you are. Whoever you love is okay because love is love. No, what that mindset predicates is that we somehow know better than God because love is not love. God is love. And God is the one who has the authority and the right to define what that love is. He is the one that has the right to draw boundaries around what that love means. And so this whole self-love culture, this pride culture, it is sold on the prerequisite of you know better than God. In fact, you are God. It goes back again to the Garden of Eden. You eat the fruit, you can be God. That fruit is being sold to us in our music, in our television, and in our stores, in the clothes that we buy, even the beer that we drink. Not that you should drink beer because it's disgusting, but you know what I mean. Sorry to interrupt this episode. Just want to say that if you feel led to sow into the Heaven and Healing Ministry, you can do so at donorbox.org. I will put that barcode up on the screen for you to just scan from your phone nice and easy. And if you're listening, you can scroll down into the show notes and find the link there. Now, you also have the option to partner financially via Stripe or Venmo. Same thing. I will put the barcodes on the screen. And if you're listening, just scroll down to the show notes to find the links there. Folks, Heaven and Healing Podcast is entirely viewer sponsored. So whatever financial contributions you are able to make really goes a long way. So if the Lord puts it in your heart to just give freely, I would really appreciate it. Everything helps. If you are not led to donate financially, I do just ask that you continue to pray protection over me and the ministry. Thank you so much. The gospel of Jesus Christ Hear me when I say this. The gospel of Jesus Christ is really hard to receive in a world that is constantly shoving down your throat this idea that you are perfect, that you are enough, that you are worthy. 
And you know what the interesting part about that is, is that we have more mentally ill people in this world than we have ever had in all of history. And yet, what's the all-encompassing message at the same time? You are perfect. Do you know why those two things are true at once, more mental illness than ever, and you are perfect? It's because there's a disconnect there. There's a disconnect because guess what? You aren't enough. You are not perfect. You are not perfect. And it is so hard to receive that in a world that is constantly trying to condition you into believing that you are. Why? Because they hate you. And as long as you keep eating from the trough of self-love right into their pockets, right into their pockets, They hate you. They hate me. And so all of this hate towards Christians is so misdirected. If we would all start hating who hates us, there would be more people in the body of Christ overnight than, than I could even begin to imagine because we would recognize the one who actually loves us. And that's Jesus. Jesus died for our sins. Jesus died because, because we are not enough. Because self-love could never be enough. Because we as we are could never be enough. And that's not me, for the record, trying to preach some self-hate message. Like, you should hate yourself. That's not what I'm saying. And that's not the root of Christianity. It's not to hate yourself. It's not about hating yourself. It's about the recognition, the recognition that simply you're not perfect as you are. You're not whole. You are not whole. What you're searching for in everything else is, tr- is that longing for you to be whole, that longing that only God can fill. I've said this so many times, like the drugs aren't going to do it. The alcohol's not going to do it. The sex isn't going to do it. The astrology's not going to do it. The tarot won't do it. The Reiki won't do it. And guess what? The gay relationship won't do it. The gender surgery won't do it. The tucking bathing suit sold at your local Target won't do it. Wearing a little edgy cool pin that says Satan respects pronouns won't do it. Because even though there will be times where you may feel affirmed, quote unquote, you might feel affirmed for who you are, you're not going to be satisfied. You're not going to be satisfied. So you're going to keep seeking. You're going to keep seeking. And again, the gospel of Jesus Christ, who came here to die for our sins, to bring us the Savior that we all need, to be the bridge of enmity, be, I'm sorry, the bridge of reconciliation between the enmity of 
man and God. That doesn't sound good to a culture that is constantly told they are enough. We have a hard time receiving that. I had a hard time receiving that. But guess what? Once I did, I was satisfied. I finally found what I had been looking for in the boys and in the tarot deck. And in the materialism, that's something else we don't talk about a lot, the materialism, how attached to you, I'm sorry, how attached to your belongings are you? I used to not be able to be in an undecorated house. And that's the truth. Like I couldn't stand to be in a room that didn't have perfect decor. I couldn't stand to be in a room that was even a little bit untidy. And now that's not to say I'm not clean. I love to clean. But my point is I was mentally unstable if I was in an unclean room. I needed it. I needed the room to be clean. I needed the room to be nicely decorated because I was so, so so desperate to be fulfilled. And I had always been taught by the world around me that, guess what? You can do it yourself. You're the master of your own life. You're the master of your own reality. You're the master of your own reality. It's such a popular lie. You are the master of your own reality. You know what that does? You know what that mindset does? It just gets you on this works-based hamster wheel where you're always going for bigger and better and more and more. And you get into this weird paradox of, you know, you are somehow whole and yet you're constantly always trying to create more for yourself. It's like, how can those two things coexist because if you are whole then why do you have to work so hard why do you have to go through you know the ritual every day the meditation every day at this specific time make sure you do your breathing technique at this specific time make sure you do your yoga practice at this specific time make sure you repeat your affirmations and then if you miss it a week oh I'm off again I have anxiety again oh it's because I fell off my routine so I just need to sit down and repeat to myself that I'm whole I'm whole I'm whole it's like come on people Come on, it's a trap. It's a lie. It's a trap. It comes straight from the pit of hell. And you know why? Because Satan hates you. Because Satan hates you. And I will say this again. He does not care if you believe in him or not because he's still real. He doesn't care if you are literally at an altar worshiping him. As long as you're at some sort of altar worshiping yourself, he's good. He's sitting back. He has the last laugh because you are not submitted to the Lord Jesus Christ. You're submitted to yourself. You're submitted in this culture that is constantly shoving down your throat. This lie of self-love, 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 just like this implant that they want to get into your mind so that you become this absolute robot of self-idolatry, that you become this little narcissistic minion that just constantly needs more and more and more self. And you know what self always needs more of? Self. (laughs) It's just this, this trap. It's this bottomless pit. It's a bottomless pit. 
And it's sold to us everywhere we go, everywhere we look, everything we do, everything we hear, everything we watch, everything we read. It is sold to us. The fruit in the garden. That tells us we can be God. And we are buying it. Mankind is buying it. Mankind is eating the fruit because it sounds so good. It sounds so good to hear that you are enough. It sounds so good to hear that you are worthy and that you are perfect and that you are a goddess and that everything about you and whatever you want to be and whatever you want to do is just perfect, divine, and whole. It sounds so good. You just want to grab that fruit and eat it. But guess what happens when you eat the fruit? It might seem sweet, but there's arsenic in that fruit. And it's going to poison you from the inside. It's going to just make you so rotten from the inside. And you're not even going to realize it. You're not even going to realize it because you get addicted to the arson. You get addicted to the poison. And so what do you do? You take more poison. You take more of that lie that you are enough. You take more of the lie that you are whole. You take more of your, that lie that you do not have sin. You know, that's the biggest of all is that you don't have sin. That's the biggest lie that they sell to us is that you do not have sin. <coughs> Excuse me. They are selling... They are selling clothing for women to compress their breasts. They are selling clothing for women to compress their breasts. They are selling clothing for men to tuck their genitals. Because this Satanistic culture would rather tell you that it makes more sense for you to not be who you are in order to be who you are than it does for you to be who you are made wonderfully and fearfully in the image of God. So guess what? No, Satan, back to the whole Satan respects pronouns. He respects, I'm using air quotes if you're listening, he respects pronouns in the sense that he loves when we identify in, any, in, in our sin, when we identify in anything other than God. Quick break in the episode to tell you that if you haven't already, please subscribe to the podcast, give it a five-star rating and written review on whatever platform you listen. If you're watching on YouTube, give it a thumbs up, subscribe to the channel and leave some love in the comments. It really helps with the algorithm. Send this to a friend, share it to your Instagram story and tag me so that I can say thanks. There's just a demonic agenda. There's a demonic agenda against not only the children, but against all of us. Against all of us. And again, when I say demonic, it's not always this overt, you know, red man, pointy horns thing, pitchfork. It's not, it's not that. Because again, Satan doesn't care whether or not you believe in him. Satan doesn't care whether or not you're actually worshiping him. Because as long as you're not worshiping Jesus, you are worshiping him. And there's a demonic agenda to get you to continue feeding out of that trough of satanistic self-love. Because it sells 
Satanistic self-love cells. Say that 10 times fast. But I mean, I'm starting to sound like a broken record here, but look, if, if you've made it this far, then something that I've said, and you're not a believer and you've made it this far, I should say, something that I've said has, has struck true for you. Something that I've said has resonated. Look, I'm going to be honest and I want you to know that I'm saying this because I love you, okay? We are constantly just told by everyone around us that all we need to be is the authentic self. Be your most authentic self. Be the highest version of yourself and forget the rest. Be unapologetic in the most authentic version of yourself. That translates to be so unashamed of your true nature that you are actually literally unable to recognize that you have any sin whatsoever. Because if you are unable to recognize that you have any sin whatsoever, what happens then is that you're therefore unable to acknowledge, wow, I really need a savior. I really need a savior. And so you're just going to fall into a self-savior complex, which will get you on that hamster wheel that I mentioned earlier of thinking that or believing that you are whole and yet you're constantly in this works-based mindset to achieve wholeness. It doesn't make sense. And that's because it's a lie from the pit of hell. You do not need to be your most authentic self. You need to surrender your most authentic self to the foot of the cross and repent. Look, we are all born sinners. We are all born sinners. We are all born with the nature of the carnal mind, with the enmity from God, the enmity of God. That's why Jesus was here. That's who Jesus is. He is the reconciliation. He says in his word, no one comes to the Father except through him. You must repent to see the kingdom of heaven. You're not going to manifest heaven despite how many law of attraction books you have sitting on your shelf right now that tell you that you can affirmation or meditate your way to heaven on earth. Live your best life now. No, your best life is waiting for you on the other side of eternity. Should you so choose Jesus as your savior instead of yourself? If you stop buying the lie that they are selling you, this Satanistic lie of self-worship, then your best life is in fact waiting for you on the other side of eternity. Because this life is just a blip. It's a blip. And eternity is a really, really long time. And it's an especially long time to sacrifice for the sake of the authentic self. Your authentic self is a sinner. Your authentic self is at enmity with God. 
Your authentic self is in desperate need of the Lord Jesus Christ, which is why your authentic self is always looking for fill in the blank to affirm its authenticity, right? Whether that be I'm trans, I'm gay, I'm a witch, I'm an astrologer, I'm a self-healer, I'm a millionaire, I'm a womanizer, I'm a drug addict, fill in the blank. Authentic self is the goal. But guess what that is? That is the that is the sin. When authentic self is the goal, then sin is ultimately the goal. And they just want you to believe you don't have any sin to begin with. They want you they want you to think you're perfect. Because if you think you're perfect, you'll never need Jesus. And guess what would happen if you needed Jesus? You would recognize that all this other stuff doesn't matter. You would recognize that all this other stuff is so temporary, is so temporary and irrelevant. And I think that's the word I've been searching for this entire time is the relevance of it all. As long as they can keep getting you to drink from the self-love fountain, these big companies stay relevant. They stay relevant. The, the music industry stays relevant. Hollywood stays relevant. As long as all of them can continue to get you drinking from the fountain of self-love, they all stay relevant. Because when you love Jesus first, I'm speaking from experience and from what the Bible says, I'm, I'm, you know, when you love Jesus, when, when, he's fir- when he's your first love, you just really, you really understand that none of this matters. You know, basic necessities, obviously, we need to eat <laughs> and all that stuff. But it's like, none of this other stuff matters. Like, you come to terms with what actually fulfills the heart. And guess what happens once, once, that, once that occurs? Once Jesus becomes your satisfaction, because he's the only one that ever can be, he actually changes the desires that you have. Like for me, I thought I wanted to sleep around. I once told the man who was now my husband that I never had a hoe phase and I felt deprived because of that. Like... Without Jesus, that's what I thought I needed. That's what I thought my authentic self needed. But now that I have Jesus, I mean, you know, I say husband because I'm obviously married now, praise the Lord, because I wanted to be married. I want to be a mother. I want to have a family. I want to be fruitful and multiply. I want to train up children in the ways of the Lord. That wasn't my authentic self, (laughs) that produce those desires because my authentic self back before Jesus, those desires were carnal. They were selfish. They were demonic. They were indulgent. They were sin. They were selfish. They were all things that the world promotes as self-love. If you're not new here, you know, I've talked plenty of times about how promiscuity in particular is just promoted as a form of self-love. You know, perversion. Satan loves perversion. He loves to steal, kill, and destroy everything that God intended for good. So 
just the concept of monogamy, of having one partner and marrying that person and only having intimacy with that person and having a family with that person, the devil takes that and flips it any which way he can, whether it be homosexuality, polygamy, sleeping around, you know, womanizing, whatever it is. He loves to pervert those things. And so those authentic desires are actually coming from a place of what Satan wants for you. When you do not know the Lord Jesus Christ and you are on this hamster wheel, when you are on this mission of fulfilling the authentic self, because you are operating with the spirit of disobedience that is present within the children of wrath, as Ephesians says, you're actually chasing the things that the devil wants for you when you're pursuing the authentic self that is sold to us through the lie of self-love culture. You are actually pursuing the things of the devil. And for the umpteenth time, whether or not you actually believe in him is irrelevant from the objective truth that he is real, that he is the prince of this world, and that he loves your sin. He loves when you pursue the authentic self because it means you're not pursuing your identity in Christ. Now, when you pursue your identity in Christ, the Lord changes your desires. He changes your desires to mirror his desires. He changes your desires to mirror his desires for you. Because when you are in his will, think about a will, right? What is the point of a will? You die, you pass it down so that 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 child receives your inheritance, right? When you are in the Lord's will, you receive his inheritance, okay? And so when you are out of the Lord's will, what's there to receive? You know what the price is? is for that? Well, the Bible says the wages of sin are death. But when you're in the Lord's will, you receive his inheritance. So being out of his will is being in sin, is being in the carnal mind. The pursuit of the authentic self that the self-love culture perpetuates, the satanistic self-love culture that tells you to tuck your genitals, that tells you to compress your breasts, that tells you to sleep around, that tells you that you can be the healer of your own life, that you can manifest anything you want. That is actually all the pursuit of the devil. And it's marketed as self-love because 2 Corinthians eleven fourteen, even Satan masquerades as an angel of light. So if these money-hungry, greedy folks can just sell you this lie of self-love, they have you eating out of the palm of their hand. They have you eating out of the palm of their hand. They hate you. They don't support you. Guess what? They put a big pride flag in the window at Starbucks so that you come through the drive through Not because they give a, sh- a crap. Not because they give a crap. that you feel validated, they want you to feel validated so that you drive through that drive-through. They don't care. They don't care. I'm sorry, but I want you to know who does care. It's Jesus. He loves you so much. He had you in mind. Whoever you are listening, 
He had you in mind when he stretched out his arms on that wooden cross and said, it is finished. It is finished. The ultimate sacrifice, Jesus Christ's death, the atonement of our sin, the atonement of your sin, if you should so decide to take it. And now I know what's really popular for people to say. I know that people love to say, oh, so what? If I don't receive your God, then I'm going to hell. And like, I get it. I get it. Okay. I understand that it doesn't necessarily sound great to hear if you don't receive Jesus Christ. Well, there's only one of two options. Receive him and be in the presence of God for all eternity or don't receive him and an eternity of suffering, gnashing at the teeth, the Bible says. The Bible actually describes a lake of fire. And I'm not saying that to scare anybody. I'm not saying that as like this, you're going to hell mindset. I'm, I'm saying it because I love you. I love you too much to not tell you that. If you were about to run into a burning building, I would grab you by the shirt collar and rip you back whether or not I knew you or not. If you were standing on a street corner about to set yourself on fire, I'd pull the gasoline from your hand and say, stop. And I understand people don't always do it in the best way. I understand I don't always do it in the best way. But what I pray that you would understand listening to this is that I'm trying to tell you that Jesus had you in mind so that you wouldn't have to go there when he died for you. And I know people love to say, if your God was so loving, he wouldn't send people to hell anyway. Here's the thing, guys. Here's the thing. God is love, back to that point. God is love. And it's not unloving for him to just give you what you wanted all along. And what I mean by that is, if you spent your entire lifetime rejecting the free gift of salvation that comes by faith in Jesus Christ from his grace alone, if you spend your entire life hearing that gospel message and just overtly rejecting it, It's not unloving for God to give you exactly what you want, an eternity away from him. If you rejected him in this life, if you rejected him in this life, why would he welcome you into an eternity in his presence if you stuck your nose up at it this entire lifetime? If you had opportunities to receive Christ, to receive the gospel, and you put your hand up and said, I know better, why would God force you into an eternity with him if that was your entire lifestyle while here on this side of eternity? We don't get sent to hell We have made our reservation. We've all made a reservation. And Jesus Christ is the out. And he's so much more than just an out. He's the way. He's the truth. He's the life. 
He is everything that you are searching for on all the roads you go down as you continue to deny God. All the things you're searching for in, in fitness, in drunkenness, in beauty, in vanity, in sex, in alcohol, in witchcraft, in the occult, in law of attraction, in yoga, and all these things where you're just denying the truth of the gospel, whatever you're searching for, he's it. He is it. And he's the out for that searching. He's the out of the searching. He finds you. He takes you from where you are. He takes you where you are, but he loves you way too much to leave you there. And so, no, he's not going to send you to hell, my friend. You're on your way. You're on your way. And as long as you continue to buy this lie that they're selling you, that you are whole, you are enough, all you need to do is pursue the authentic self. If you continue to just pursue the authentic self, you are unfortunately pursuing the ways of the devil. Whether or not you think he's real, you're still pursuing the ways of the devil. You're pursuing the flesh. You're pursuing the carnal. Guess what? All this is going to pass away. Everything in this life is going to pass away. But God, the Lord Jesus Christ, is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he loves you so much. He loves you so much. And he does not want that for you. But guess what? He's not a tyrant. So that's a misconception that people have is that God is this tyrant. This egomaniac tyrant. Now, ultimately, God glorifies himself because he is the king of the universe. And so it gives him no glory to bring the rejecter into his presence. But it gives him great glory to bring the one who has surrendered their life before his feet, who has just completely softened at his grace and repented of their sin, of their wickedness. It brings him great glory to welcome those on the narrow road into his presence. And you know what brings Satan glory? When we continue to walk the broad path that leads to destruction. Satan loves that. Satan loves when we have no boundaries. Satan loves when our standards are self-defining. Because the self can only define as much as the sin. I'll say that again. The self can only define as much as the sin because the self is the nature of sin. And so as long as our standards are self-defining, they're going to be sinful. And look, that's not to say we don't have, even when we're not in God, that's not to say we don't have inclinations of good. Okay. Somebody can be a, quote, good person and not follow Jesus. And do you know why that is? Do you know exactly why that is? It's because you are made in the image of God. So you do still have this knowing 
this sense of what is right and wrong. Which is why the world wants to constantly shove it down your throat. That even if you know something's wrong, but you want to do it anyway, you should. Because that's authenticity. Right? But we all do have this kind of inner knowing of what's right and wrong. And that's because you are made in the image of God. Whether or not you're a child of God is a completely different story. Because that comes with an adoption. But you're made in the image of God and so you know this difference between right and wrong. Innately, you know. You might fight it. You might not like it. You might suppress it and ignore it and numb it out. But it's there. It's why, you know, if you see someone get shot on the street, you know instinctively that's wrong. If you see someone getting raped, you know that's wrong, right? Because we all have this morality within. Because we were created with it. We know the difference between right and wrong because we were all created with a sense of morality. And thus, the logical conclusion is there's a creator of morality. There's a creator of morality. And so now we as humans in our carnal mind, in our flesh, in our sin, have made the mistake of assuming we know better than God. And so we might have this morality, but now we've gotten into this gray area where we're now going to define what that means, even if it's against God's order. And so it comes back to this whole notion of we think we know better than God because, again, the garden, right? The serpent tempting Eve saying, you eat this fruit, you too will be like God. We eat that fruit all the time. Mankind eats that fruit all the time. And just buys into that lie that we can be like God. And so now we've come up with our own definitions of what love is. But that doesn't make it right. The only one who has the authority to tell us what is right or wrong, see, is the creator of that creation. The, mor- the moral stance of right and wrong is a creation. Love is a creation. There is a creator responsible for these things. He is the one that has the right to define it for us. It's not up to you. It's not up to me. It's up to him. He is a loving father. He is a loving father. Think about a kid if you have one, right? If that kid thinks it's a really, really smart idea, if that kid thinks it's the smartest idea that they've ever had to lock themselves in a garage with a running car for whatever reason, I don't know why a kid would want to do that, but kids do darn things, right? You would say no, because you will die, right? It's like, God knows best. We create boundaries for our our children and he creates boundaries for us. It's not unloving. It's not unloving. It's not about a lack of respect. I'm coming a long way around the barn back to that pin. Satan respects pronouns. It's not that God doesn't respect you. It's that he respects you so much that he is not going to allow you to define what that means for yourself. 
He's going to lay out the parameters for you. He's going to show you what that entails, what that looks like, what that should be because he loves you. Satan is going to let you do whatever you want. If you were Satan's kid, Satan would let you run off a cliff if you wanted to because he doesn't really care about you. He doesn't really care about you. He's only in it for what he can get out of it. God is in it for you, for me. To give glory to himself, he wants you to glorify him. In how you live and how you are and in what your faith is. And that's because he actually loves you. Now you could argue Satan wants the same things. Satan wants to glorify himself by having you glorify him. But the difference is it's because he hates you. And back to that whole notion that Satan doesn't care whether you're overtly worshiping him or yourself or money or whatever it is, a pronoun, just as long as you're not worshiping God because he doesn't love you. Satan does not respect you. Companies, Target, Bud Light, none of, none of them respect you. Okay, the self-love culture doesn't respect you. The self-help books, the authors, you know, they're making a lot of money off you. Self-help part one, part two, part three, they're making a lot of money. Promiscuity culture makes a lot of money. Because Trojan makes a lot of money. Plan B makes a lot of money. Planned Parenthood makes a lot of money. That's like a whole other can of worms I won't even get into right now. You have to recognize that all this stuff, all this stuff, love is love, transphobia is, or trans, you know, transgender is real, you know, you can be a boy if you're a girl. You can be a girl if you're a boy. You know, sleep around, get divorced. Um, who cares if you want to go drinking every night? Live your truth. Be your own healer. Manifest millions. You have to understand that this is all coming from a place of just like innate selfishness for them. And just like this, they just detest you. They detest you. All you are is a cog in the machine. You are a dollar in their pocket. That's all you are. Satan loves them. I'll say that much. Satan loves them and the work that they're doing. And you know what's really sad about all of that is that a majority of them don't even realize they're working for Satan. That's how good Satan is at what he does. That he has people working for him that don't even know it. Because we have these people that are out here just trying to make a buck by selling some stupid pin that says Satan respects your pronouns because it's edgy and cool. And they think Satan isn't real and they think they get the last laugh. But like that's how good Satan is. That he has people working for him for free. Because they think that they're working for themselves. They think they're glorifying themselves. When really in reality, they're glorifying the devil. By, by being so narcissistic. And being so ignorant to objective reality. 
Satan is banking on your ignorance. He's banking on your ignorance. He loves it. And guess what? All these companies that Satan is banking off of, they are banking off of you and your ignorance. And I'm not saying that disrespectfully. I'm saying that as in, wake up, guys. God loves you. Seriously, he really does. He loves you so much. Give your life to Jesus Christ today. Give your life to Jesus Christ today. Stop it. Stop it with all the lies. Stop thinking you can do it on your own. Stop thinking you're going to be satisfied. If people would just respect your pronouns. That's not it. It ain't about the pronouns. It ain't about the gender you feel like you are. It's not that. And no one should be shaming you for that either. Shaming you for feeling that way. But someone that really loves you also isn't going to just perpetuate that delusion for you. They're not going to if they really love you because that's not what love is. Love is telling the truth. Love is telling the truth. The only reason... I, you know, I hear people say that, well, sounds like Satan's a lot better than Jesus because Satan actually lets you be who you are. Like, that is so convoluted. No, 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 no. Satan doesn't love you. He tolerates your depravity. He tolerates your sin. He tolerates these things because as long as you are feeding into that to that lie that you're enough that you can be whoever you want you're on his side it's not that he's more loving it's that he's so maniacal that he's a deceiver that's what the bible says he is he's the father of lies that people just are enticed by that because they want to be told that they're enough. Guess what? You are made enough. You are made enough through Jesus alone. You are made enough through Jesus alone. God loves you too much to leave you where you are. God will meet you where you are. But he loves you too much to leave you there. Satan will meet you where you are. And he hates you so much that he's going to convince you to stay there. He's going to convince you to stay there and continue chasing. To continue seeking. He hates you so much that he's going to convince you that you're all you need. That this idea of Jesus, a savior, pfft. I have to change, repent for sin, please. Satan hates you so much that he's going to convince you that that's like drinking bleach. When in reality, the blood of Jesus is the sweetest wine. Drinking in that truth, that wow, I'm really a sinner. I'm really a sinner. I'm really at enmity with God. That is humility. 
Satan has no humility. Satan will convince you to have no humility. But when you can really surrender and come to that place of humility and realize, wow, I am a sinner. I do need Jesus. The devil loses. And guess what? You win. You win because you're not playing for the same team anymore. Jesus isn't evil. God is not evil. It's a misconception. Self-love sells better. Because it's that instant gratification, narcissistic ego hit, that dopamine hit, that placates the carnal nature, that placates the sin, that placates the flesh. That's all it is, guys. That's all it is. And your authentic self has nothing for you. Your higher self is a myth. There's only one who was seated at the right hand of the Father, and it's Jesus. And there's a place for you there, too, if you receive him. So, Father God, I just want to come to you right now. And if anyone is listening right now who is an unbeliever, Lord, you know them by name. You stitch them in their mother's room, Lord Jesus. I pray that they would have a supernatural, radical encounter with you, Jesus. I pray that you would come to them in dreams. I pray that you would show yourself to them through signs and wonders. I pray that they would see Bible verses when they go out. I pray that they would see Bible verses on the sidewalk, on billboards. I pray that they would find Bible cards in bathroom stalls. I pray that your word would find ways to speak to them, to breathe life into them, to to be the double-edged sword that it says it is, where it not only cuts away at things of the world, but cuts away at us, Lord. I pray that it would cut away at them in a way that would lead them to repentance, Father God. I pray that anyone listening who is an unbeliever would just completely break down at the foot of the cross, Lord, and come to full repentance and full faith, receiving you, Lord, for all you are, all your grace and unconditional love and sacrifice and goodness and glory, Father. I pray that they would see you for who you are rather than the lies that the world has manipulated and demonized you to be, Father God. I pray for those spiritual blinders to be lifted in Jesus' name. I break all of those lies off in Jesus' name. I uproot all the attacks of the enemy against these people in Jesus' name that the enemy has set against them to keep them from you, God. I pray in Jesus' name. I pray, Lord, I lift them to you and I pray that they would see themselves for who they are rather than who they want to be. I pray that they would see themselves as a sinner that needs you as their only savior, Lord God, because you are the only one who can save King Jesus. And I just thank you so much for that. I thank you for what you've done in my life, Lord. And I pray for that same radical heart change in me in the heart of anyone listening, Lord Jesus. And for those of us listening that are believers, Lord, I would just pray over them just an absolute fresh anointing of the Holy Spirit. I pray that that fire would come back. Maybe they've lost it. Maybe it's been quenched somehow just by the ways of the world, Lord. I pray that anyone listening who has been living for you with their mouth but not with their life would repent for that and just start living for you by demonstrating the gospel in everything that they do, Lord God, because we know that your grace is enough, but we also know 
that we shouldn't take advantage of that grace, Lord, because how are we ever going to ever show anyone else how satisfying it is to abide in that grace if we ourselves are not abiding in that grace, Lord? And so I just pray edification and conviction over the believers that are listening to this right now. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would just touch their hearts in a new and a fresh way today because we know by your word that you're mercies are new every morning, Lord Jesus. And I come against all the ways that the enemy wants to attack your children, Lord, because we know that we are not of the world, but we are in the world. And so as long as we are in this world where the prince of the air has power, we are going to be attacked, Lord. And so I just thank you for your helmet of salvation that we can always put on to protect our minds from the wiles of the enemy, Lord. And I come against those attacks in Jesus' name. Father God, I thank you so much for this podcast. Podcast. I thank you for this platform. I thank you for the ways that you have moved in my life. I thank you for the ways that you have used me, Father, to show people the dangers of the occult, Lord. And I pray that you would use this podcast to show people just the blatant dangers of the overt Satanism in our culture and in our society. I pray that it would help scales fall off eyes, Lord. I pray that it would help people see the truth, Father God. Father, I just pray protection over everyone listening. I pray for an anointing over everyone listening. I pray for blessings for everyone listening, Lord Jesus. And I pray that they would get into their word today if they haven't already. I pray that we would all remember to get into our word daily, to spend more time with you than we spend in the world with the devil, Father God. I pray and I thank you, Lord. I love you so much. We all pray with gratitude, with supplication and thanksgiving, in Jesus' mighty, sinless name, amen. Amen.